Hello, hello. I hope my bandwidth is good. I had an error message on my bandwidth. I want to check a few things, play us um, the intro music, and we are going to get started. I hope you're doing well and talk to you in just a moment. Put your body in the Generational trauma stops with your mama. Go on and work it, lady. Yeah, that's how you work it, lady. It's never known. Maybe this is how you get it, baby. Work, work. We are going to be getting started. I hope you guys have been doing well. I have been doing amazing. Having way too much fun. Oh, my goodness. Generational (laughs) trauma. So busy. Stop with your mama. All right. We're going to be talking about a heavy subject here today. We are ready to tackle this heavy, heavy subject. We are talking survival mode love. How are you doing, ladies? Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, this is a live session. So if you are here with me live on YouTube, you get to drop your comments, your experiences here in the comment section. And that's going to be so powerful because we all learn from each other's experiences. So if you are understanding what I'm saying, if you have had a similar experience, drop it in the chat. That's what we're here for. That's what we're supposed to do is support each other. Okay. So survival mode love, let's go ahead and define what survival mode love is. We're going to talk about this today from the perspective of if we were parented by a survival mode parent and how to identify if we ourselves are a survival mode parent and if we are pushing on that type of parenting into our future generation. Okay, so we're going to identify how this has affected us if we were raised by a survival parent and then how it affects us as women in general. Maybe you don't have kids, but your childhood experiences still do affect you, right? But then again, it affects you even further if you are a parent, if you are a mother. So we're going to talk about all of that today. So first, what is a survive? what is survival mode love? If you've ever heard something from your parent like, you know, I had to raise you. I could have dropped you off uh, at an adoption agency. I could have left you in a trash can. You know, I could have done this. I could have done that. Or I can't wait till you leave the home. Or I can't wait until I can have my own life because I had to raise you. These are phrases that a survival mode parent will use. Okay. So I'm not here to beat up on our parents um, or anything like that. We have all this new information now about what these things are, but it is important that we identify them. So if you heard things like that growing up, chances are you were raised by a survival mode parent, okay? That means that your parent may not have really wanted to be a parent. Maybe they fell into parenthood. Maybe they tried it the best that they could, you know, and it just you know, maybe wasn't the best fit or they just never really got the skills, but they were able to survive. 
okay? And with that, they gave you these awesome survival skills that you now have. Maybe you're really motivated and driven. Maybe you have a huge amount of empathy, you know, for, you know, anything, any situation where empathy should be shown, you know, you're an empath. These are some of the good things that can come out of survival mode parenting. Um, a lot of people who are raised by survival mode parents tend to have this drive and this will inside of them. But at the same time, they also have an emptiness and a sadness that comes with not having a typical uh all around healthy parental relationship with their parent. And then oftentimes those of us who are raised by survival mode parents um, can be a bit difficult. Um, sometimes we can become very much type A or we could even kind of be a no-nonsense person or even lack empathy. So there's a lot of different ways that it can go and it is going to depend on each individual. But it is important for us to understand what survival mode love is and identify that survival mode love is not the same as healthy parental love um, that we receive from our parents and that we should give to our kids. So again, as I mentioned, you know, there are some some great things that can come out of survival mode love, but it is just not um, overall what we want to take with us um, in parenting our next generation. Okay. Um. Some other things that can let you know that maybe you were parented um, by a survival mode parent. Um, typically, survival mode parents have a couple of things working against them, right? Maybe they were a single parent. Single parents, I mean, a lot of the time are survival mode parents because they literally have to do it all by themselves. So they become less interested in your personal feelings and more interested in, hey, I have to pay bills. I have to have a roof over my head. I have to make dinner. I got to get you to school. It's about all of the list of parental duties and responsibilities and less about the warm, fuzzy feelings and drawing you out as a person and seeing what your interests are and nurturing those interests. Um, survival mode parents, if you were raised by a survival mode parent, a survival mode parent can oftentimes also become a taker. So that means, you know, when you reach a certain age, they're like, okay, well, you owe me. I raised you. What are you going to do for me? Or don't forget when you, when I get old, you got to take care of me. You know, um, I did this for you when you were little, I gave up my life for you. Um, these are the phrases and the terminologies a survival mode parent has used over the years. Now, a lot of times, as I mentioned, this is not deliberate. No one is sat down and given an instruction manual on how to be a parent. Um, no one is, you know, taught these things. So, and of course, again, if your, your parent was maybe a single mom um, or a single parent, they had to figure out a lot on their own. Maybe they didn't have a parent that they could go to as a reference and ask and see, you know, hey, you know, what am I, what can I do here? You know, how can I raise my child? So they just kind of are figuring things out as they go along, as are all parents, regardless if you were a survival mode parent or not, or raised by one or not, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. We have a lot of information now, um, but most people do not take the time to, research parenting and learn parenting techniques and try to be the best parent. We're all just kind of surviving the best we can. And 
you know, to some degree that's okay. But when you become constantly in survival mode, okay, that is a big problem. So that's kind of, you know, what a survival mode parent looks like. Um, now let's talk about just purely from a survive from a psychology standpoint, what um survival mode is in the mind. So when someone is in survival mode, they have this overwhelming feeling of being unsafe. Okay. And this is from psychology today. Um, so it's a feeling of unsafeness and that can be due to, Hey, you know, I'm a single parent or, you know, I'm in a step family or I'm in an abusive relationship. I don't feel safe. I've got to do all these things so that I can feel safe. And again, the warm and fuzzy things that come along with being a parent often fall to the wayside. That means the child doesn't get the extra hugs. They don't get the kisses. They don't get the personal interest. They don't get the deep conversations to draw them out. They get a lot of discipline. You know, hey, if you're doing something I don't like immediately, I'm just going to lash into you right away because they're in survival mode. They don't feel safe in their environment that they're in. And so because of that, they are often irritable, have a short attention span, are overstimulated, um, and oftentimes will even engage in harmful or hurtful behavior. They can also be um, verbally, verbally abusive. Um, okay, so there's a lot of things that can happen um, when a parent is just in survival mode. Okay, so um, this type of behavior um, really is a problem. And emotionally, Survival mode releases a lot of stressful uh, stimuli that can cause psychological and physiological responses in our body, which of course is survival mode. And this mode even involves the release of stress hormones and activates our stress response systems. So our mind and body becomes focused on combating danger. And so let's talk about a survival mode parent that is a single mom, let's say. So that single mom becomes focused on the danger of, oh, if I don't pay my rent, me and my family are going to be out on the street. And those emotions become very big and very large. Um, and then that kind of is how it kind of turns into, you know, as a child is growing up and then when the child hits adulthood, oh, all of those things that I did for you when you were a child, I never let you be out on the street. You know, I, I always made sure we had a roof over our head, which was great. And that was what was what needed to happen. But it's definitely coming from a place of survival mode. It is not coming from a place of love. Like, hey, I love you so much that I want to provide this great place for you to live. It's, hey, I don't want us to be out on the street and I have you an extra mouth to feed. And so I had to. So there's a difference between I want to and I have to. And the survival mode parent is always concerned with I had to because they're always leaning into all of this overwhelming stress um, that they have because they are doing it all alone, right? So how does this affect the little ones, okay? Um, it really can have devastating effects 
on children. Um, as you know, our childhood experiences, be the good ones and traumatic ones, do stick with us and, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, shape our personality. So again, oftentimes kids raised by survival mode parents um, are prone to having emotional issues. Um, they lack patience. They are irritable. Um, and oftentimes, you know, we go on and we pass on that same type of parenting style. Okay. So it's more so, Hey, respect me for all this stuff that I've done for you. I have fed you. I have clothed you. I have kept a roof over your head instead of, Hey, I'm your mom or I'm your dad. I love you so much. Um, just be, just be you and let me support you. Um, and help you in your journey to life as best I can. So it's a very different thing, okay? Um, so let's talk about survival mode um, a little bit further um, as far as why survival mode parents often become takers with their children, okay? So oh, let me grab a swig of water. I hope you ladies are drinking your water. I have been horrible about drinking my water lately. Absolutely horrible. All right. So why do a lot of survival mode parents become takers? Okay. Um, and if you have any comments on this, drop them in the comment section. I think that my live is really acting up today. I'm getting all kinds of error messages here um, on my end. So I do apologize for that. I hope this comes through. Wow, it'll be a shame if it doesn't. Um, sorry, pausing for a moment to work through a little technical difficulty here. Um, okay. So why do survival mode parents often become takers? It is because they are so used to giving, 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 giving. And when a person is constantly giving and they are stressed about it or overwhelmed or it's something that they have to do, it's coming from a heavy, responsible um, low, uh, a heavy, responsible, low place then they the brain becomes gimme 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 and so that's what happens with the survival mode parent um they've had to give so much maybe they did have to make sacrifices maybe they had a great job that they loved and they had to get a different job with more flexible hours because they had to raise us. So they had to take a pay cut. So then resentment can even start to build between the parent and child. Well, you know, if you weren't here, you know, if your dad hadn't left me or if I didn't have to leave your dad because he was an alcoholic, abusive or whatever the case was, then I wouldn't have had to do this, that and the other thing. You know, I would have had a better career, you know. Um, or this, that, and the other things. So again, these are the things that you're going to hear from a survival mode parent. Um, and it is really unfortunate because anyone who's been raised by a survival mode parent basically wants to kind of crawl up, you know, and put their head down on their lap like the little kid in the, the, the video here on the screen and just kind of, you know, you feel lonely. 
that's what it feels like. It feels very lonely. The child kind of often feels misunderstood. Maybe they don't feel that they have any support. They're kind of going at life alone. And that's because anytime you have a survival mode parent, they really can't do that nurturing because they are constantly in survival mode. Now, here is a really sad and depressing thing. Survival mode often lasts from when the child is born all the way through adulthood. So this is a constant. Now, some parents will get to a certain point and maybe their life improves. You know, they're able to start handling their responsibilities better. Things just kind of start to look up and then they can be a little bit more retrospective and look back and say, ooh, how I was then with my child was not good. You know, I gave a lot of guilt to them and a lot of stress. And I was just kind of in this survival mode. And they're able to apologize to their children and do better. But if you were raised by a survival parent, if you've heard any of these phrases that I've said, if any of this is resonating with you, I want you to be prepared that you probably are never going to get any sort of understanding or apology, fellow feeling, empathy, warmth, connection, any of that from your parent. And it's not their fault, okay? Some people are just victims of their circumstances. Maybe your parent was in survival mode because they themselves came from an abusive background. And so that's all they know. And so what we have to do you know, we're self-aware. If you're listening to this live, you're self-aware. Give yourself a round of applause for that. You are self-aware. So then what we can do is we can turn it around and say, you know what? I'm not going to be angry about that. I'm going to let that go. I can see, you know, my parent did the best that they could. They did give me some good skills because as I said, at the outset of this, survival mode parents are very good at teaching their children one thing, how to survive. I bet if you were raised by a survival mode parent, you know how to get in the kitchen and open a can of beans and and, and some rice or something and make a jamming meal for a house full of 10 folks. Okay, you know how to stretch your money, you know where to get a good bargain, you know how to get a good job, you know how to bring the best out of people, how to be the best in a situation. So again, survival mode parents, don't sleep on them either because they do teach us how to survive. And that's something that sometimes the kids that are raised in the perfect household miss because everything's done for them. You know, they got the mom, they got the dad, they got the parents that both have, you know, a great income. They got awesome grandparents. There's no one in the family tree that's, you know, shady or weird. They got the whole package. But what they miss out on is because no one in that whole family tree has had to survive. It was been completely down and out and, and had to figure it out with no help. They don't know how to survive. Okay, so if you were raised by a survival mode parent, don't feel bad. Don't feel like you missed out on anything because everybody's going to miss out on something. If you were raised by the perfect parents, you know, you missed out on a lot of the survival mode stuff and sometimes will have issues surviving in tough situations. But if you were raised by a survival mode parent, you know how to survive in a tough situation. You know how to get through some difficulties oftentimes with a smile and with ease because you've had to do it. So either way you slice it, this is what makes us unique. This is what makes the human experience and makes us all different. But when we can share these experiences and learn from each other, that is where 
all of the gems are. That is where we really start to grow and we can really thrive, okay? So let's talk more about what we can do as women. Because, you know, as women, I feel like this mother-daughter relationship is really vulnerable to this survival mode love scenario. I know many um, women, you know, I am a Black American, our Latina Americans, all of those. We are in that group where this is very common because we are also the same group where single parent families and step families um, trauma and all these things are more prevalent. It happens in every single family, regardless of race, white, you know, Indian, whatever. But just statistically speaking, yes, it is happening more um, in our communities, right? This is something that I feel like the mothers in the brown communities, we have to all take some accountability and acknowledgement. So if we were a parentified child and we're a woman now, let's say we don't have kids. Let's ask ourselves, how does me as a survival mode, parentified child raised by someone who was in survival mode, how does that affect me as a woman, right? How does that, you know, um, affect my interactions with other women? You know, um, am I a bit difficult to get along with? You know, am I, you know, do I have to be the center of attention? Do I have to kind of berate others? Maybe I've got really sarcastic humor. Um, If we're a person that has caustic, sarcastic humor, that could also be an indication that we were raised by, you know, a survival mode parent. Are we really condescending with our mate, with our friends? Um, All of these things can indicate that that survival mode parenting, while it made us tough and we can survive and we can be a great businesswoman, we often still, you know, need to work on these little areas, okay? Women who have been raised by survival mode parents oftentimes do have issues getting along um, with other women because, again, that that mommy-daughter relationship is a little bit off. Um, You know, sometimes, you know, people who have been raised by survival mode parents report that their relationship with their mom is strained. It's like, you know, we we can get along, you know, we do these great things together, but we don't, maybe we don't talk as much. You know, you have some moms and daughters, they talk every single day. Maybe you go much longer than that and you're both okay with that, you know? So it's all different for everyone, but the goal is to just see yourself in this information and see where you can make some adjustments. Um, now let's talk a little bit about if we are a mother or maybe we're not a mother, but maybe we're an auntie or maybe we have children around us in our community and we were raised by our survival mode mom. Oftentimes we're going to have very strict views on parenting. You know, your kid needs to have responsibility. They need to get up and do their own stuff. And you know, we're kind of like really hard and aggressive. That is a characteristic of someone who was raised in survival mode. And while that's good, a lot of the times, some of the times though, we can be too hard. And that's something that I am working on. I am working on in some ways being a softer parent. I'm definitely a socket to me parent in a lot of ways. Like, hey, you know, I'm not putting up with a lot of mess. I'm not letting you talk to me any kind of way. Like I'm not letting a toddler like throw stuff at me and and <laughs> like harass me. You know, I, I'm definitely not the runover mom. But at the same time, there's ways that we can be a little softer. 
You know, I, you know, can definitely see some of myself in that. I can be, I need to be a little bit more softer and a little bit more gentle and just take that time to connect with your little one. It's not always about teaching them the survival basics, which they do need to know. And we have to do that. That's our job as mothers. But sometimes it is about holding your child, looking in in the eye, telling them you love them, telling them that they are beautiful, telling them that they mean the world to you. And a survival mode parent oftentimes will also do that, guys. Um, Our survival mode parents that raised us, they oftentimes will say these things too. Or maybe you had a parent that was really in survival mode hard and maybe they didn't. So this may not come naturally to you. But try to reach into yourself and know that this is something that you need to do for your child. Because the hugs, the kisses, the affection, the praise of your child and telling them when they do a good job is what is going to really strengthen that bond with you and your child that's going to take them through adulthood. Because remember, parenting does not stop once the child turns 18. That is something that the survival mode parents push. Oh, the minute you turn 18, girl, I'm through with you. Have you heard that? Survival mode parent. That just means they didn't want to actually raise us or they saw their life going in a different way. And so they're constantly focused on when is this child leaving? And I know I'm saying a lot of harsh things, um, you know, and very directly. But guys, this is this is life. This is what it is. If you're hearing these things, if you've heard these things, try having a conversation with your parent um, if they're able to do that. If there is not any other, you know, mental dysfunction there or um, issues to where, you know, genuine conversation just isn't possible. It's worth a try, you know, um, try to connect with your parent. Um, but if not, if it doesn't work out, don't feel bad. You know, um, us as mothers, it's so important that we lead in showing love. And when we're raised by a survival mode parent, we can really kind of not be as loving. Ooh, yuck. There is a big spider here in the studio. Oh boy, I don't want to have to pause my live. What a shame. I don't have my splash water or anything here to get this spider. And he's looking at me, y'all. He's looking at me. Um, you know what? I'm gonna try to keep going. How am I gonna do this? Help, help. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm in here killing spiders and stuff. I hate doing this stuff, but I didn't want to interrupt my live. Oh, sorry for the screaming and the shouting, guys. I apologize for that. But the spider's gone. That's all I care about. Sorry I had to also kill a spider. That's not nice. Okay. (laughs) Somebody was coming to help. Problem solved. Thank you. Oh, y'all, I'm over here sweating anyway. Back to survival mode, parent. And I'm over here surviving myself with this spider crying out loud. Um... I forgot where I left off that. Okay, you know what? Let, let me share a few statistics here on, um, I know I'm about, kind of bouncing around a bit, but mental health in the single parent. Um, 23% of U.S. children under the age of 18 live with one parent and no other adults uh, compared to 7% of children worldwide. One quarter of parents living in the U.S. today is unmarried. Um, in 2020, about 15.21 million children lived with a single mom in the U.S. compared to about 3.27 million children living with a single father. 
Okay, so this is from Mental Health America. Um, and let's talk about the common stressors of um, single parenthood and survival mode parenting, because single parenting and survival mode parenting are usually right there. Not every single parent is a survival mode parent. I want to make sure I'm, you know, being clear on that. But many are. Most are. Okay. Um, okay. So let's talk about feeling stretched too thin. If you're a single parent, you've likely experienced being at your limit regarding commitments and responsibilities, daily demands like running errands, cleaning, and cooking still need to be taken care of. Although there's only one person to do them. Try to identify your early warning warning signs of feeling overwhelmed, feeling resentful, irritable, or quick to lose your cool. All those things are usually an indicator. Even if it feels impossible, allowing yourself time alone to relax will make you better able to manage your stress and energy levels. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. Um, again, I'm reading from um, Mental Health America, and I will just interject here and say this um, on my own words. Not every single parent is able to get any help, okay? Some single parents, literally, it is just them. They don't have no parents. Maybe one parent died. Maybe the other parent is not in their relation, you know, isn't in their life. Um, so not everybody can get help, guys. And that's a sad, really, really heartbreaking part about it is that a lot of single parents, they're just caring for their kids. Their kids go to bed and they are sitting there by themselves thinking about all the money and all the load and all the responsibility that they have to care for. Um, it can always feel a bit lonely. So if you see single parents, um, if you have single parents, you know, maybe you see them at weekly meetings, anything, at least try to make them feel welcome, um, especially if they don't have that support system. A lot of single moms will often, you know, have, um, you know, um, another mom she can lean on, maybe her mom, you know, moves in and you got the single mom and the grandma raising with the kids or, you know, grandma is always there to do some babysitting or things like that. So in those situations, it's not as, as dire, but in, you know, if, if, if a person does not have that, it's very dire. It, it can be very overwhelming for one person. Um, Another thing that affects this um, survival mode parenting is disagreements and custody disputes. So imagine being a single parent and being in survival mode, and then you've got your kid saying, hey, I want to live with the other parent, and you know the other parent's no good. And you've got the other parent who is no good trying to get the child. So you've got all these bigger issues that are more important than, hey, I want to wear this shirt to school today that's pink because it's my favorite color or whatever it is, you know. So then little things like that that our children want to talk to us about become so insignificant and so just like stop talking about it. But, you know, the parent doesn't realize, hey, this is something that is important to this child. They need your ear right now. They need that time. Um, so it can be very overwhelming. Now, let's talk about another type of survival mode parent. So we talked a lot about the single survival mode parent, and that can be a mom. If you were raised by a single mom, maybe you were raised by a single dad or a single grandma, whatever it was, but it was one parent primarily doing it all. Let's talk about the survival mode parent that is a woman who stays in a abusive relationship. That is also um, a survival mode situation. That can be very, 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 very toxic, very, very, very damaging because now the mom 
is more concerned with surviving for her own life and her own safety and appeasing this other dangerous person in the house. So then the kids become all the way down at the bottom. No time for their concerns, no time to hear what's going on in their lives. Not because it's deliberate, guys. That's the thing we have to understand. Nobody wants to be a survival mode parent. Most people are trying to do the best that they can. So if you were raised, again, by a single mode parent, survival mode parent, don't feel like, you know, oh, they were just a horrible person. Maybe they did not do the best that they could have done. Maybe they did not give you the love they needed, but they had so many factors working against them. And honestly, we have to ask ourselves, how would I have been in that situation? You know, how would I have handled it? You know, oftentimes people handle things the same way the next person is going to handle the same situation. So we like to elevate ourselves and say, oh, I would have never done this. I would have never done that. You don't know what you would have done if you were in that situation. So we can't judge people, you know, extra harshly. The point of what I'm talking about today is identifying it, being able to say, "Mm, my mama was a survival mode mom or my dad was a survival mode dad. And just being able to say, what can I do to help myself and, you know, rekindle this relationship and not pass on the trauma to my next generation and those around me. Um, So survival mode parents, um, women who are in abusive relationships, oftentimes because they are also in a trauma cycle, um, they oftentimes will almost use their kids as a way to almost like a bargaining chip or um, require more than of their child as needed. Like, hey, you're my savior. You know, I know if you're here, you know, this, my abusive mate is not going to be abusive. Or if you're here, you know, these things won't happen or this won't happen. So now you're bringing the child into this area of being a referee between two toxic, abusive, you know, an abusive person, you know, that's being abusive to another parent, that's being abusive, okay, to a woman, um, to the mother. So now you have this child being referee between two adults. And that is really not a position a child should ever be in to where a child is having to referee adults. If you have ever been in that situation where you've had to play referee with your parents, and it's not like, hey, my parents are having a disagreement um, and you interject and say, oh, well, I think this or I think that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, hey, there is, you know, fists being hurled at someone and your child is stepping in to protect another parent, to protect the parent that's being abused. So that's a different type of survival mode now that the child is being put in the middle of it. So now the mom can take on this role of, oh, you saved me. So they're looking at their child, you know, as a savior in this situation. And while it's helpful, it's parentifying a child and it's it's not healthy. Um, now, that child is probably going to grow up to be really good at managing people and handling, you know, harmful, distressful situations. But it's still causing them trauma and 
they may not grow up to do that. They may grow up to repeat the same toxic cycle um, because of what they've seen. And they think that this is the way you settle things by, you know, physical means, which just is not good. So that is another type of survival mode that can happen. Again, I just want to make sure I'm being clear is when a mom stays in an abusive relationship Instead of leaving, um, maybe she's too scared to leave, doesn't have the financial means, doesn't have the confidence, just can't for whatever reason, and decides to stay, and the child becomes a savior, a survival um, helper um, in this survival mode situation. Um, and then, of course, the child is also going to have some of the the mental effects of the mom and the other parent putting all this stress um, on them um, and not really have the care and concern of putting the child first. So um, these are really, really, really um, serious things, guys. Serious, serious things. Um, let's talk about survival mode. Let's say that you were raised in a family, and all of a sudden, one of your parents either just up and left or died. You were also raised more than likely by a survival mode parent, okay? So again, this is another area where survival mode love can show up. So let's say you're that child, your parent, bam, they leave or they die, you never see them again. Now this other parent that is remaining they, they're in a different way than a single parent or an, an, an abused mom that, you know, got into a bad situation. They, maybe there's no trauma there in that way that, you know, there was no violence. It's just a disassociation. Disassociation is just as toxic and just as bad as seeing physical violence. Um, because what happens is that parent that stays and parents the child when the other one left has to deal with the child's resentment for them. Like, hey, why did my other parent up and leave? What did you do? It can put resentment between that parent and the child. And then the, the remaining parent often feels that they have to overcompensate for that parent that left. Oh man, I feel so horrible that my mate just walked out on us or my mate died. Now I've got to be mom and dad and I've got to be this super person so that my child can feel that they're not missing out on anything. And so that they don't feel that void of this person leaving due to just, they walked out the door or they died. So, you know, that puts a parent into survival mode because they're constantly worrying about the child's thoughts towards them and the child's um, feelings about themselves of a, about abandonment. So this is survival mode love based kind of around an abandonment issue. So, you know, the child has some abandonment issues due to a parent leaving for one of those two reasons. And, you know, they're trying to parent 
and survive in this new situation that they've been thrown into. And oftentimes this type of survival mode love and this type of survival mode parent will often give, give, give to the child. Like, okay, here is all of this stuff, you know, here's a bunch of toys and here's some money and yeah, go out and do whatever you want, honey. If you want to hang out with your, your friends till 12 o'clock at night and never call me or text me, that's okay because your, your, your dad walked out on us. And so that that's their way of making up for, you know, um, the parent that just left. And so this still is not good either. Um, it often gives the child too much freedom. And then they just kind of become this like me, me, me focused child instead of being, you know, raised with a parent that is a little bit more hands on. So this type of survival mode love is like, okay, we're in this horrible situation. I feel bad about it. So I'm just going to overgive to you and overcompensate and not give you much responsibility because I feel bad as a parent that your other parent walked out on you. And so again, survival mode love. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? This shows up in a lot of different ways. This is just a few that we talked about today. Um, And what kind of prompted this one for me? I was on YouTube and I was watching this video of a, a single mom and she was an amazing single mom. She was talking, you know, how much she loves her child and she wants to be the best parent ever. And then she shared that, you know, she realized some things that her mother had done in the past and her mom was in survival mode and there were times that she didn't care. She she recalled instances where because her mom was in survival mode and had to go to work, she just up and left her with a neighbor that she really didn't even know. And she said, you know, this happened and that happened and I shouldn't have never been left in that situation. Again, these are the effects of survival mode love. You know, it's, oh man, I have to go to work. I'm a single parent. I have to provide a roof over your head. So I'm going to just leave you with this person I don't even know because me going to work is so much more important. And it kind of is. That's the sad part. Like if they don't go to work, they are going to lose your place to live. And then what? But again, it makes a child vulnerable to abusive situations because then this single mom is just dropping, dumping her kid anywhere with any old body. Don't care about nothing else because she just focused on work, 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 provide, 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 provide. So her um, her story um, really just kind of was like, interesting um for me to hear and I was glad other women were able to to hear it um and I appreciated her for sharing it because it's something that we as women need to recognize and even if we're not a single mom we can get into survival mode love or if none of these situations you know maybe we didn't have a, a, a mate that walked out or any of those things anyone can become a survival mode parent if you are so overwhelmed with what is going on in your life that all you can do is just get by, you've got no time to do the extra stuff, the warm and fuzzy, you become a survival mode parent and your child is going to feel that. So how about us? We talked about how this, you know, before, you know, we talked about how if we're a woman and we were raised by a single 
um, mom um, or a survival mode parent, we talked about how that kind of will show up, right? Now let's talk about if we are now our parent ourselves. So let's say we were raised by a survival mode parent and now we're a parent. What do we do? How can we change? What can we do better? Number one thing we got to do, y'all, is educate ourselves, okay? We got to read books on parenting. We got to give our child affection. We have got to create happy relationships, get involved with more women, build a network, um, and get ourselves feeling more connected. Because again, children of survival mode parents often feel lonely. They often do not have large circles of friends because they have smaller families. Okay, so then we have to put in some extra work that other people may not have to, to have those networks, okay? Um, We want to, if need be, seek the help of a close friend or therapist, talk through some things, get a therapist. Um, I wish everyone could afford a therapist. Like, I feel like everybody needs one nowadays. Um, But even if you can't afford that, there's a lot of information on the internet about mental health, about parenting, because remember, we cannot parent our next generation well if we're not taking care of ourselves mentally, okay? Try to avoid overwhelm. Um, It's easy to get overwhelmed and we're living in a society now where overwhelm is just like part of all of it. Um, But just try to work on it. That's all we can do. Sometimes we feel like we got to sit up there like this and look perfect and, and, and have everything all together. But guess what? Behind the eyes, you can see, you know, there's other things going on. So address it, figure it out, work through it. Get the help that you need. Um, you know, even li- listening to podcasts, you know, um, my podcast kind of has a variety of topics. But if you really are having issues with this, go to a parenting podcast. Some of the parenting podcasts, when you're learning how to be a parent, actually help you more than you, you know what you came there for. It's helping you be a better person. So tune into those. Tune into mental health podcasts. Um, try to really make time to get into your emotions. And sometimes this can be painful. Try to do some root cause work. Like, okay, what is the root cause of this, you know, reason I have this personality? Or why do I find this situation difficult? Or how can I be a better parent in this way? These are the things that we have to ask ourselves. And then too, I always say, look at your child. If your child is looking sad, if they're saying sad things to you, if they say things to you that make you feel like, ooh, I don't think that my child is feeling that I love them. You know, my my child is not feeling that I care for them. If they're telling you things like that and kids have a way of genuinely from the heart saying it, they're not trying to hurt feelings or do anything. It could be something as just asking you, mommy, do you love me? You know, ask yourself, why is my kid even asking me that? You know, things like that are things we can key on. Look at your child, spend time with your child, hug and kiss your child all of the time. These are the things that can help us um, to be the best parents that we can be. Combat the feelings of loneliness. Um, If we are feeling lonely, um, there's lots that we can do about that. And also to know that there may be some things that you can't do. Survival mode. <clears throat> excuse me survival mode um 
people who were raised in survival mode, again, as I mentioned, a lot of the times do tend to have more loneliness. If you're raised by a single parent, well, then in adulthood, you're probably still only going to have one parent to talk to, not two. You know, you may not have the big family reunions to go to and all these other things. This is things that a lot of us deal with, right? So you're going to have a lonelier road. And that is something that I've had to accept, you know, um, and all of us had to, to accept. Once we start getting a little bit older, we start looking around. It's like, oh, my friend's got this like family reunion or she's got all these people coming in town to visit her. And, you know, she's going off. Maybe she's visiting a sibling or, you know, whatever. And then we're like, dang, I ain't got nobody coming to visit me. Nah. You know, so don't feel bad about it. It's not your fault. Um, I understand how it feels. It can hurt, but it's not your fault. You know, we cannot um, change the circumstances of our entry into this world. We just have to be happy to be here, okay? So I'm happy to be here regardless of whatever, um, even at the times when, you know, we, we struggle with loneliness and those feelings of loneliness, um, you can still thrive. Okay. All right, ladies, this has been, um, an interesting one to do. I hope that you found this one interesting. Um, I hope that it's been helpful to you. This will also be on podcast. This is a live now. Let me check comments. Oh, did anyone leave a comment? Did this even post? I'm going to give it just a second here. Um, even when this live is up, if you want to comment after the fact, um, that is fine as well. I always respond to comments. Um, but let me know what you think about this information, guys. Is, is any of this resonating with you? Is any of this things that you have experienced? Um, please let me know. Um, I love to hear your feedback, okay? If you're not already, give me a follow on Instagram. Um, it's at work at lady podcast, go ahead and follow. Um, I post a lot of my nutrition stuff there. And that is another thing that is important to overcoming some of this trauma, believe it or not, is eating well. So eat well, take care of yourself. It helps with your mental outlook, gets, you know, good blood flow, circulations of the brain, and really does help us to feel better and be able to cope a little bit better. So follow my Instagram for that. And of course, if you are here on YouTube, go ahead and like this video, share and subscribe. Um, also, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you have not. Sometimes taking this information in, especially a long one like this, is a little bit easier to do in podcast form. As you're driving along in the car, girl, maybe you got an hour car ride somewhere pop it on, um, get some good information and get connected and enjoy it, okay? All right, ladies, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to Work It Lady, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Generational trauma stops with your mama. <laughs>